Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Every Rocky Ever, the Colorado Rockies podcast focused entirely on its history of former players in their history. I'm your host, Skylar Timmons, and joined always here once again after a little bit of a hiatus uh, with my older brother, Dustin Timmons. Hello, hello. Ahoy, hoy. It's been a little while since we've recorded our last episode, just the busyness of life and also perhaps some laziness <laughs> scattered in there from us. Uh, but how have you been since we last did our Every Rocky Ever, Dustin? I've just been busy. You know, the summertime, it seems like once school starts, I go on vacation back to work because there's so much to do at the house at the summertime with the kids in the house and coaching summer baseball and uh, high school soccer workouts. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's hard to fit in time to, to get in to record some material. Mm-hmm. But we're always looking through and thinking about Rockies and trying to always figure out who should, who we should talk about and cover. And this week, this episode, since the Yankees were just recently in town to play the Rockies in a three game set, here in 2023 uh that brought in one former rocky dj lemayhew who we'll eventually get to but it made me think of another notable yankee and oakland athletic and one of my personal favorite players uh for a lot and for a lot of rockies fans the one and only the great gm bino jason giambi who yes he was a colorado rocky and we'll we'll Throw it over to Dustin here. Rundown, what's what was Jason Giambi's career overall, his path to end up as a Rocky? All right. Jason Giambi, who I always think of as an Oakland athletic, but the first baseman designated hitter and left fielder. Um, Jason Giambi, born January 8th, 1971 in California. He got drafted originally in the 89 draft by the Brewers, 
but he didn't sign. And so right out of high school, and then he was drafted by the Athletics in the 92 draft out of Long of Cal, California State University, Long Beach. And he made his major league debut in 1995 with the Athletics. And he played his very last game in September 27, 2014, as a member of the Cleveland then Indians. Um, for us, for years the Rockies, the yeah, a lot of a lot of time. He was an MVP, home run derby champ. He's a five-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger. Wore number twenty-three with the Rockies, where he played. Uh, from 2009 to 2012, and in his time with the Rockies, he was, you know, that backup pinch, backup first baseman, pinch hitter specialist, veteran leadership, and you know, we got Jason Giambi at the the tail end of his career, uh, where you know he he. He had a crazy lifestyle, but when he got with the Rockies, he you know put things in order and got down to that you know that serious player of taking care of his body, take care of you know start family, and was an awesome member. Uh, you know, coming from the the big heydays of the of the of the Oakland Athletics, they had some great teams that he was a part of. You know, them and the Yankees always battling it out in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then he goes over to the evil empire of the Yankees and continue to, to have success, belting home runs all the time. And then it kind of, you know, that tail end of, you know, the steroid issues and, and all that. But ends up with the Rockies just at the right time in 2009 that really helped them get up into the playoffs that year. And did some cool things, but he's one of those names that comes up like in the immaculate any the that game, you know that that his name will pop up, and people won't realize what he was a Rocky on Twitter. We saw that. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know he was a Rocky. I didn't realize. How could you not? Then you're not a Rockies fan because mm-hmm. Jambino brought brought some fun, brought some good moments. Yeah, it, it's not only was he a Rocky, he was a Rocky for like a good little chunk of time. Parts yeah. of four seasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he didn't play a whole ton, but you knew Jason Giambi was sitting there on that bench the entire time. Uh, and real quick, I'll run through his his Rockies numbers here. Four years with Colorado, played 230 games in purple, had 104 hits in 518 plate appearances, scored 48 runs, 20 doubles, no triples, surprisingly, <laughs> oddly enough. 22 long balls, uh, drove in 86 runs, 124 strikeouts, 79 walks. He did have two steals, believe it or not. And then a slash line of a 248 average, 375 on base, 452 slugging, and a OPS plus of 110. So pretty much 10% better than league average during his time with the Rockies. Eight sack flies, 11 hit by pitches, and seven intentional walks as a member of the Rockies. So solid, solid numbers for a part-time veteran whose main job was to come off the bench and try to hit a dinger with the game on the line. And he's 
what, what do you remember when he, your first reaction when you got saw that news that the Rockies had signed Jason Giambi in 2009? Well, you know, he, he was with the Yankees and had a lot of success. And then he went back over to the A's and it wasn't that great of a reunion, you know, and he struggled, got released, signs with the Rockies, goes to Colorado Springs to play. And September 1st of 2009, when the rosters expand, they bring him up and, you know, he is that veteran guy. And I was like, you know, this guy's, he's one of those intimidating guys that'll come up off the bench and just the history of Jason Giambi as a hitter, you know, that left-handed, just a big dude to do, make some magic happen, you know? And Mm -hmm. in the stats as we're doing our, our research on him in his first three pinch hit pinch hitting appearances, he drove in runs for the Rockies during that stretch. The Rockies won 10 out of 11 games. And that really helped that, you know, got that surge of, of play in getting them into the wild card mm-hmm. where they, you know, the, the Phillies. But that was, it was one of those cool things that you looking at him, it was just like, yeah, this is a guy that brings all this experience. And with one swing of the bat, he can completely change a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's cool to see in that <laughs> he played six games in 2009 in, in triple a after they signed him six minor league games ended up hitting 444 slugging 833 had two home runs four rbis um eight hits in total so made quick work of colorado springs called him up and he it's cool because that you know if the name jason jambi would see him in the in the video games i was like oh yeah this yankee guy he did steroids so there's kind of that negative connotations about him but then to see him still join come onto the the team and then do really good it was cool to see and he was on the tail end a 38 year old so tail end of his career but he was able to have a little bit of a resurgence there with the rockies and i don't know whether it was just him being in that environment or instances where we've seen veterans get signed by the rockies and just how grateful they are to still have that chance and they come and it's a the organization as much as we rag on it they're usually really good with the people the business side of things and the baseball playing actually eh, but actually dealing with people and being a good organization with the people no it, you could see those benefits with jason giambi and big reason to come off the bench and, and help them down that stretch in 2009 well that's what you know, reading into it, how he's at the at the tail end of his career. He had the the success with the A's, with the Yankees, and then he he matured as a person. Mm-hmm. So as a player, he you know he reached those 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 peaks, and now as a person, uh, getting at the tail end of his career, older, the maturity, and being around those kind of guys where he he he'd been there before and he's you know they had their rocktober and in 07 but this is another this is a completely different team now and it just all settled in with jim tracy you know he just really fit in with the team 
and he brought in the fun because he's a fun guy. Mm-hmm. You know, the golden thong kind of stuff and got guys excited. The young guys, uh, you know, involved in, and it was, it was a good time. It was short lived and he did have some really cool moments though. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just cool to think of those, those, the Rockies during those seasons, your two first basemen were future hall of famer, Todd Helton, also getting up there near the end of his career and Jason Giambi. Now these two legendary first basemen throughout the 2000s, early 2000s, these legendary first basemen playing together on the same team, left-handed, you know, left-handed batters. And it was cool to just, the idea of Jason Giambi's backing up Todd Helton, you know, getting him those occasional starts, but really, he was that extra bench coach, that extra hitting coach in in that dugout to help a lot of those young, exciting players be a mentor to guys. Now you can think of, you never heard anybody say anything bad. You know, Troy Tulowitzki would talk about Giambi's influence. You know, he made that good impact. He was that, like you said, that, that prime clubhouse guy in the dugout and, that you could see his influence. And held guys accountable. You know, mm-hmm. he was leading, he was, he was, he was leading off season workouts with mm-hmm. these guys and showing them that, you know, you got to do, you got to take care of yourself. Um, in the interviews and stuff where he's talking about his time in Colorado, that he enjoyed it there. He was excited to be back. Uh, Dan O'Dowd that said that, you know, he, they want him back because they brought him back, you know, in 2010 and in 2011. Be, uh, because of those leadership skills, the accountability, and holding guys accountable, and being that you know, like the team grandpa, the, the team mm-hmm. dad, and taking guys to Las Vegas and and working out in the off season, and you know, I think in part of that maybe you know, you guys got to do it the right way, you know, mm-hmm. learn from learn from the mistakes of of his generation of players to to be better. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it all worked out because, you know, as, as we talked about his career, you know, some pretty crazy things there at the end of his Rockies career that he, you know, different directions that he could have gone. Mm-hmm. And it, the one thing that I always appreciate about Giambi and his career and everything is, you know, when he got pinged for steroids and everything, thing that I always respect about him is he owned up to it said, yeah, I, I did that. And I think because of that, he owned up to it, where unlike some other players in baseball history, never really owned up to those mistakes or admitting, like, yeah, we did the steroids and that helped. He admits it, and then that helps him move forward, and then he becomes that, that player we see with the Rockies that, uh, that a lot of fans grew to love and, and really enjoy. And he had some cool moments that we can get into here in his time with the Rockies. So we took it to Twitter and a lot of people asked him just what their favorite memories. And there's really two that popped up the most, but I think first and foremost was (laughs) probably one of his, their favorite moments was a walk-off home run against the Boston Red Sox at Coors Field against Jonathan Papelbon, the closer. And hopefully for the, 
the video version. We have the video clip here. Hopefully this works and people can hear it on the <laughs> both versions here. But thanks to the beauties of YouTube, we can pull up the clip here and over on YouTube. And here we go. Jason Giambi coming in with game tied on the line in bottom of the ninth against Jonathan Papelbon. The mob at home plate. Oh, their video's kind of choppy. Hopefully it works out, but pretty cool moment there for Jason Giambi. I can see why people like that. That one so much of that moment. Oh, yeah, especially against the Red Sox. Jonathan Papelbon. Oh, what they did to us in 2007. And that was a good moment, you know, because mm -hmm. it's the Red Sox and you're at Coors and that was a shot. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the, oh, those are the good ones. And, and it seems like in, the, in that time frame, that was always going to happen. Ryan Spielberg's with a walk-off grand slam. Seth Smith hitting pinch hit home runs like that. Cargo walking off with a blast into the third deck, you know, that kind of stuff. Todd Helton. Uh, mm -hmm. against the Dodgers a couple of years earlier. And that, it was like, that was always a thing. And in that moment, Jason Giambi, you know, put his stamp on Coors Field with that one. Mm -hmm. yeah, you look at that era and you think of walk-off bombs, Lodo magic, you know, the late nights, and also the black, the black vest jerseys, you know, Jason Giambi's giant tree trunk arms, just absolutely crushing a ball. No doubters. Those are the good memories. And no, Jason Giambi brought a lot of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, but, but looking at the thing, like, I always thought, like, man, I thought it, it, for me personally, I just always thought, man, I thought he hit like 10 pinch hit home runs for those three seasons or whatever. But we looked into it, it, it wasn't that much. But still, he was a, a very good pinch hitter for the Rockies. And he had one stretch in, you know, that uh, was it the 2011 season. Mm -hmm. he, he had that stretch where Helton was hurt. And from July 5th to August 2nd, makes 10 starts at first base. A little, little shaky there at first. But... He batted 441 and had nine RBIs. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and in that season, in that 2011 season, it, it wasn't a whole lot of playing time, but he still hit 13 home runs. He had a 958 OPS, the 140 OPS plus, and he had our second most common or our, our most popular uh, Jason Giambi moment where. He hits three home runs in three at-bats, drives in seven runs total on May 19th against, who was it? 
The Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies. Those turkeys. <laughs> but he was he was one of the he's one of the oldest players to do that, having three home runs in the game. You know, he with that with that game with those stats, he joins he joined Reggie Jackson, Babe Ruth, and Stan the Man mm-hmm. as the only players to go deep three times in one game. They were older than 40. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I, I wrote about this over at purplerow.com back in 2021, September 12th, 2021, titled that time Jason Giambi was a one man wrecking crew uh, that the late, great George Frazier and, uh, and Drew Goodman, they coined that phrase that night <laughs> because uh, it was, it's kind of one of those rare starts for Jason Giambi that night and I believe they were going up against uh well going up against the Phillies, going up against future former Rocky, Kyle Kendrick was the starting pitcher for the Phillies that night. And so first inning, Dexter Fowler gets on base, and then there's a couple of pop outs. Troy Tulowitzki then gets a base hit. So with two outs for Giambi, it this was kind of out of the ordinary because he was scuffling. He's 200, hitting 200 at that point with just one home run. And then in a 2-2 count, launches one to right field for a three-run homer. So, boom. <laughs> Rocky's already off to a hot start. And then second inning comes along. Eventually, they come back. In the third, Carlos Gonzalez would have a double. And Giambi would come in, runner at second. Once again, facing Kyle Kendrick. And on the third pitch of the bat, launches another one to right field, deep right field for a two-run shot. Rockies are leading five to nothing against the Phillies. They keep going on, they do some more stuff. <laughs> Fifth inning rolls around, and Jason Giambi rolls up. Tulowitzki was on the was on base. Uh Giambi steps in, blasts the third pitch of that bat again, deep right field. For a two-run shot, Rockies led seven to one, and I believe that's what the the score would stand for the rest of the game. So it was Jason Giambi seven, Phillies one, and he'd strike out in his last two appearances, but the seven runs tied a career high, his first career three homer three home run game, and it was just the twelfth time a Rockies player had hit three home runs, first since Larry Walker in two thousand four. And that's crazy because he hit 440 career home runs. Mm-hmm. And, and none of them had done that before. Yeah. So it was, and I encourage you to find the, the entire clips over there on YouTube. If you want to see those home runs, they are majestic blasts. Like I said, deep right field. They were absolutely crushed there against the Phillies. And I remember that night because I listened to it on the radio. I think we're driving around town, town. So you'll hear a lot of our memories of us listening to the Rockies on the radio. So we were driving around in town, and I think we were going around in the Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> drive-through. That or Arby's, one of those two. And I remember sitting there and just listening. And here's Jason Yummy, and I remember hearing the call of he hits a home run. I'm like, oh yeah, that's sweet. And we still keep going along. Do something, we get back in the car. And again, here's Jason Giambi 
boom, another home run. It's like, oh man, this is pretty dang sweet. And then we, as we're driving home, we hear the third home run or something. But that one was ingrained in my memories of when I think of Jason Giambi, I completely forgot about the walk-off. But the three home runs, those are ingrained with me of when I think of Jason Giambi, I think of that one-man wrecking crew game where he just destroyed and dismantled the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, that's kind of like what I was saying is when I thought, when I remember Jason Giambi, I think maybe I, I take that game and the Papelbon walk-off and just multiply it by mm-hmm. 70 games, and that's what he always did when that's not the case. But that's why we talk about this and do this because these are players that are ingrained in our Rockies memories. Well, I think, and we do that with Giambi, especially because he had those moments and his reputation and just his skill set. I don't envy any, I couldn't imagine being a pitcher, you know, game on the line and you look over on the on deck circle and there's Jason Giambi, you know, taking his practice swings. And you're like, Oh, I got to face this dude. Dude. And well, the, he was, He's still, you know, ripped. He had that that mm-hmm. gray man beard going on. The, mm-hmm. the, the the like stubble beard going on. He just looked intense. Like so this biker that just pulled up and yeah. said, hey, I'm going to join this baseball game. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that reputation, that's what he brought to the club, too. Now, He's when you think a chain in the dugout, ready I know. To, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> His buddies wearing cut off leather jackets and leather vests in the stands. Yeah, let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reputation he brought. When you think of a, a ideal guy coming off the bat, uh, coming off the bench to be your pinch hitter, you know, Jason Giambi's the type of guy you want. That's the kind of player you think of. That's what the Rockies wanted from Mike Moustakis. You know, something like that of this veteran guy. Just power to power to spare, and just that reputation and that that potential. And man, it was fun to watch. You knew you had confidence when Jason Giambi was coming up to the plate. You're like, well, he's either gonna uh, slap what I would always call refer to as the Jason Giambi single, where he hits a laser all the way to the wall, and he just gets to first base because <laughs> he needed that much time because he was so slow. Or he was just going to belt one into the third deck in right field and win you the game. Or he was going to swing strike three, but it was, you know, it was just that much away from being demolished. Mm -hmm. Somebody's head was that close to getting taken off if he had (laughs) made contact. And so he he plays out those those four years, you know, diminishing returns by 2012, but still, you know, the influence. And the he's one of those clubhouse guys I've mentioned those veterans that the Rockies like where we'll take what we can get on the field, but he's really here because we want him in the dugout, you know, being that coach to the guys and finishes out that 2012 season. Rockies choose not to re-sign him. And one of my this is one of the cool things to watch during that offseason, Jim Tracy resigns, so the Rockies are on a managerial hunt and who decides to, to enter the running and is interviewing for that position. It's none other than Jason Giambi himself, which I thought 
was really interesting that he was might have gone straight from a player to managing the team he just finished playing for. Well, that was that was a crazy offseason for the Rockies. They ended up hiring Walt Weiss, who was coach in high school. And so it was kind of like it's it's crazy to think of what would have how would things have gone if Giambi was put in mm-hmm. as the manager? You know, who would he have brought around him in that time? Because those those three years with Walt Weiss were were some dark times. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's crazy to think about that he went from you know, right from playing into hey, I'll and they didn't give him the they didn't hire him as the manager, but they offered him the hitting coach and he declined because he didn't want to, you know, that's kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, you know, I've, I've been in that position before and you don't want the, he's like, I don't want to be Walt Weiss thinking I'm looking over his shoulder, you yeah. know? And yeah. so they don't go that route. He ends up signing with Cleveland and, you know, he, he was a played for the, for the for that year, um, for the 2013, and really didn't do much. But Terry Francona, kind of like with the Rockies, he's a veteran guy. He's like they said, he's more than just a veteran guy. He's that player coach. He's that guy that's there, uh, and he helped Cleveland have some success in that that year. Mm-hmm. Well, he was filled that same exact role. Those Cleveland teams were young and. There were some exciting players at that time, and they bring in Giambi to be that veteran DH for them to kind of bring that influence to the club and everything. And, you know, it's it's interesting to think that we have the, the uh, universal DH now in the National League, and it just makes you wonder if Jason Giambi, had, if the Rockies had had the DH during that time that he was with them, you know, what more could he have done if maybe he <laughs> continues to expand that career and you know do more as a player and keep that that career going, keep the good times rolling? Makes you wonder. Well, yeah, and, and as we as we kind of wrap up his career too, and we talked about you know the the steroid part and things and and something that that in our research and stuff, reading about it, that especially that time that he spent with Colorado and Cleveland, you know, in this article, he said, some of us have to walk through darkness to see the light. I did Mm -hmm. that. The human being you see today is the result of everything I went through. It turned me hopefully into this mentor that helped the kids in Colorado and Cleveland and hopefully the most incredible father for my kids. I, I wanted to grow from my mistakes. I didn't want them to define me. And I'm truly grateful that the fans and even the writers gave me a second chance. When I got that second chance, I ran with it. And I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart that I had that opportunity and that learning experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that and that I think is a great, great part of the his time with the Rockies and seeing that person and not the wild man I'm in it for myself type of player that maybe he was with the A's and with the Yankees. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah, we saw I mean, that that maturity. Yeah, and, and it's cool to think. You know, from what I can tell right now, still not working in baseball since he retired in 2015. I think the Yankees offered him a job in 2018, and he declined that. And opting said to focus just being a dad with his kids. And last I could find, he's probably changed in the last couple of years, but you know, spent a lot of time coaching his son's T-ball team, which I would not want to be the opposing team. <laughs> the opposing coach, you look over in the other dugout, and there's Jason Giambi coaching all these little kids, <laughs> slapping dingers off the tee. Yeah, but I would it, love to see him. I would love to see him in a, in a managerial spot for coaching in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. You know, because I I was actually really excited when they were thinking about him for the Rockies spot. Mm-hmm. And especially with how much respect the players at those that time that were in the dugout with him, how much they looked up to and respected him, and the influence he had on them, probably could have kept that ship from being as awful as it was during those those lean years and maybe some relationships don't sour and you know maybe Tulowitzki doesn't get traded away in 2015 and all kinds of other things maybe Arnado then can stick around or better influences there in the that dugout a lot of what ifs but yeah for sure but he was he was one to that you know and that was something we see nowadays that there's a lot of young managers. There's a lot. There's a there's a few of them that are only a year, two years removed from their playing time that are there now. Uh, it was a shoemaker with the Marlins right now. Um, you know that it wasn't that long ago that they were there with those guys, mm-hmm. and so maybe the Rockies were a little head of the time, head of the times there with that idea, but. Still, the Jambino gave us some great moments in Rocky's history as one of those every Rocky ever mm-hmm. catch people off guard. And he said, you know, when he turned down the job offer from the Yankees, just kind of seeing if he was interested in anything, because uh, he, he said he's interested, but just not right now. And I think one thing point is you know, when his kids are old enough to maybe move out or, or on their own because he wants to do right by his kids now as they're you know, still young, you know, around that 10 age, and wants to do right by them. And then maybe once they're older and ready to go, he'll seriously look into a managing manager, uh, a manager position. Because, like he told me, he's, he's played for so many great managers in his career, and he feels like it would be a shame for him not to pass that, pass that knowledge on and everything. But We'll never fault a guy for putting family first and everything. And maybe some some point down the line, we'll see Jason Giambi in a big league uniform again. I remember I went to the winter meetings several years ago in Las Vegas, walking around in the in the hotel among the all the slot machines down there, mostly hunting for baseball players looking around. And I saw Jason Giambi standing there talking to Brian Cashman the Yankees general manager. And I came so close to getting up to him and asking to take a picture, but he had already been swarmed and taken a couple and signed some stuff for people. And then he's like, all right, I got to go. I was like, man, this close, so close to having a picture with Jason Giambi. And 
I de- probably would have been one of the first times that he's had a Rockies fan come up to him, <laughs> or at least a rare moment of having a Rockies fan come up to him and, and express that to him. But we love the GM Bino and hope he's doing well. And from what we can find, sounds like he is and happy for him. And we appreciate all the time that he spent with the Rockies. Four seasons, a lot of good memories. Some fans even said he was the reason they became Rockies fans, which is pretty cool. And even some fans that were there to witness some the couple of those moments that we mentioned. And so that'll do it here for this edition of Every Rocky Ever. As always, we appreciate you tuning in and, and chatting along with us. As always, we ask, let us know what what players you'd like us to cover, some of your favorite memories, and hopefully we can also get some uh, other former Rockies on here. We're still working on those, and hopefully we can get some more guys because we'd love to talk to them and shine the spotlight on them. If you're listening to us here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, be sure to leave a review. It helps out the show and the Rocky Mountain Rooftop Network, which is part of the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Every Rocky Ever. Well, we're all caught up on former Rockies, mostly. Uh, there's a lot of minor leaguers and almost Rockies that minor leaguers, guys that notable guys that signed but never made it to the big leagues with us. Uh, you can find me at, at sideline underscore crowd on Twitter and threads, whatever that's doing. And Dustin, where can the folks find you if they want to? At Mr. T Spanish on, on Twitter, on TikTok on that stuff i i'm still working at getting into the baseball media stuff but I'm mostly as mine is is a high school spanish teacher and doing that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah but i'm the one that's trying to get more into the the baseball media world that's my career path hopefully uh and you can also follow us at rocky r-o-c-k-y m-t-n rooftop that's the main account for this whole podcast network thing Find the Affected by Altitude podcast, and every month there's the Pebble Report podcast where Evan Lang and Kenneth Weber go over the minor leaguers from the past month and kind of the top performers and everything. So, and be sure to check out the most recent episode of Affected by Altitude that came out just this past Monday, where we talked about the draft and Elise Diaz being the MVP of the All Star game and answer some mailbag questions. That's what we did. So, go check that out. Alrighty. Well, I guess that'll do it here, Dustin. Thank you all for listening and watching, and we'll see you next time here on Every Rocky Ever. Don't forget those golden thongs. (laughs) 